Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Sunny Mary Metal Podcast. I am your host, Liz Fiddler. And on this episode, we have a very special guest that is really excited to be here. Flower Farmer Fiance Brent is coming on to talk about building the high tunnels. I knew when we had our episode last year on what high tunnels are used for and talking about the perks and benefits, a lot of people were asking me specific building questions. And I did help. I definitely helped do it. But I, the second one, I feel like I probably could have done without him. It wouldn't have been pretty, but I I could have done it. But the first one, there's no way. There's no way. So Brent, why don't you just say hello? Good morning, everyone. He's excited to be here. This is not his, uh, his cup of tea, but yeah, he's drinking some coffees this morning and we're going to talk about building the high tunnel. So we bought a kit from Farmer's Friend LLC. And high tunnels can be as simple or as advanced as you want to make them. And for us and our farm and the return on our investment, we really don't need the fancy crank walls and the heater attachment. And, you know, maybe down the road we'll decide we need that. But I mean, for the most part, our customers aren't super, our winters are so cold that I don't think it would be helpful to pay to heat it all winter. And we're able to grow ranunculus anyway that are going to be blooming early May and our tulips start blooming in April. Like we really don't want to extend our season that much more anyway. So it's just not a good return on our investment to get a really, really heavy duty. I mean, you could spend 15 to 20 grand on them and ours were, I mean, I think the second one that we got because we We'll talk about the door situation later, but even with our two end walls that we put up, I think it was under four grand. And so it's not like they're that expensive. And what's nice is technically the ones that we have, you can move. They're not really permanent structures. They they are, they'd be a pain to move or it wouldn't be, you know, but I mean, we moved the end off of one. And so if we decide down the road that we want to put them down in the meadow or you know, whatever that might be, we could move them. Um, they're not cemented to the ground, whereas a lot of the other ones are definitely a lot more permanent structure and hard to move. Yeah, they're only anchored in by four foot pieces of rebar. So that's pounded into the ground three feet and one foot is sticking up to attach to the high tunnel itself. Yep. So we're going <laughs> to go through the process of first what we bought, and then just kind of how we built it. And you can find all this on a YouTube video. In fact, I would recommend that. But sometimes it just helps to hear two people say that, you know, especially now that we've made two of them. Oh, the second one was so much easier. Because we, I mean, we did the second one in 90 minute increments over four or five days. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. And so it truly was. Oh, we had a few hours after work. We had a couple hours on a Saturday morning. We had a couple hours. I mean, it was so much easier the second time around. And the first time around could have been like that, but we didn't know what we were doing. So we had to devote entire weekends. So we got the Gothic style, which comes to a peak at the top. And that's because we get so much snow. So we wanted the snow to come down the sides, basically. And then we got the, it comes in 14 foot or 16 foot. Or yeah. Wide. Yep. 16 foot wide. And then there's four foot spacing or five foot spacing. And we did the four foot spacing just to keep it a little more sturdy. So essentially the first thing you're going to do is pick where it's going to go. Measure that. Decide how big you want to do it. 
we decided on, well, I, we, I decided that we needed two fifty foots instead of, he wanted to get another 100 foot just to be done with it. But the temperature needs. Because guess what I'm going to be doing next year. Yep, exactly. <laughs> the temperature needs of the tulips and the ranunculus are different. And so I wanted two separate tunnels so that I can keep the sides open or closed. And actually, that's a good thing that we did that because the tulips were, it was so warm this month that I kept the sides wide open or they would have, I worry they would have started sprouting. Yeah, this fall. Yep, this fall. And so the entire kit gets delivered on a semi-truck. They call and let you know when they're like 20 minutes out. So you kind of have to be prepared. If you work a day job, I don't know. You're going to have to just talk to them and make sure that you're home when they deliver it. It was kind of, luckily I was home both times, but the first time we didn't have a forklift. And I wasn't home. So Liz killed it with the Kubota skid loader. I had to use a regular bucket to unload this thing. And let's just say it was a challenge. And that poor driver like couldn't help, but that was definitely a challenge, but I've gotten better at driving the forklift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bread's not Even- so used to the podcast he keeps just nodding at me i'm like no no, no you gotta say something it's okay <laughs> you also tilled the uh third row of the garden so that's pretty good i did i figured out a lot of the tiller or a lot of the attachments for the uh skid steer but i call him repeatedly until he answers while he's at work so thank you to his employer for <laughs> i only do like you know in emergencies like okay i have this attachment halfway done and i don't know what to do with these hangy thingies the hydraulic hoses. Oh. <laughs> no, I know what yeah, they are. Okay. Nice. <laughs> but anyway, so you have to unload it. This first time last year, because we got the Dutch door kits, it was a pretty big, it came in multiple pieces and you had to be careful and it was fragile and there were multiple pallets. And the second time it was just one, would you say it's like a double pallet? I don't know what it is. It's a big pallet. Yeah. Um, maybe four foot by eight. Yeah. So when you decide where you want to place it, Think about, well, it's got to be somewhere level. We almost ended up building a retaining wall on the one side, but then we kind of got away with it or decided it wasn't going to be worth the significant amount of work. Yeah, there's um, a pretty solid, what do you call it? Slope? There's a, a really good slope, and then about 15 feet further, the ditch began. So that slope carried downhill. In the end, we just brought in some fill, kind of leveled, went point A to B, took away the slope on the edge of the high tunnel, yeah. and added, was able to grow zinnias and what else was out there this year? Eucalyptus. Eucalyptus. Yeah. So, so it was a good, it was a good <clears throat> spot for just kind of some extra flowers that you kind of leave alone pretty frequently. There's the eucalyptus, you don't, we don't pick until the end of the year, whereas the, you know, the zinnias, you can just always grab some from there and... They're not very high need, but, you know, so you want it on a flat space and we hauled in some black dirt, hauled in some compost. We ended up, the first high tunnel had two Dutch doors on it and we ended up taking one off and putting it on the new one. And then they each have zipper walls at the end so we can get in there with equipment. Even if it's just wagons or whatever, we just need to be able to get in there adding compost You know, I know a lot of people are going to talk about the benefits of no-till soil, and I'm not saying that I agree, 
But at the same time, when it comes to a high tunnel, you're not necessarily as concerned about erosion. I mean, there's it's it's freed mm-hmm. from the elements. And if anything, you need a lot of irrigation in there. You need a lot of organic matter hauled in there with compost. I think next year we're going to experiment with a cover crop inside of there. It's just hard when we rotate mm-hmm. so many so many crops inside of there. So yeah, once and we you can't forget you got to irrigate in there. Yes, it's it doesn't get moisture. No, not at all. Brent ended up putting a permanent hydrant in there, like dug a eight foot, eight and a half foot trench. And I have a permanent hydrant over there year round. So that's awesome because I will need that starting in I, I didn't do much, but our excavator friend, Josh with Big Orange came over and trenched it in seven feet. Yeah. So he, pl- I, he hooked I up the piping. I did the, the plumbing yeah. <laughs> down in the hall. <laughs> and we have, like I said, we have that hydrant kind of in between the two tunnels or it's right out front in the northeast corner of the one so it's kind of in the northwest corner of the other but we can get a little y hose and hook each one of them up to drip irrigation on the inside um, which we'll definitely have to do starting in the spring but that'll be nice to have that on there but for now the tulips we don't irrigate them i've just been watering them by hand the hose is right there if you give them a good soaking i don't know we don't have a whole lot going on I don't know. I, I might experiment with drip lines, but then I feel like I have to pack them all up once we start harvesting and I worry that they get all tangled up. So we'll just see how that goes with there. So think about, make sure that there's water close to it because you absolutely are going to need some irrigation. If you can put a big door on it so that you can get in and out with equipment, because even though a cute little like handmade farmhouse door is cute and I see that all the time, it's like, how do you get in and out with a wheelbarrow even? And then... Once we had spaced it out. So then, okay, you talk about the very first tunnel that we built because the second one we put right next to it. So we didn't have to measure as well. And it was really nice. But talk about the string thing and how you figured it out. Starting with string thing. Yeah. Isn't that kind of what you started with? Or how did you start? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, took some baler twine, basically kept it parallel to our existing building there. So we want it to look good. Don't know how long that old granary is going to uh, be here on this farm. But either way, while they exist side by side, we squared things up, took out some baler twine to get our 90 degree angles and our distances right. And at one stage we were thinking maybe we'd turn it into a 100 foot high tunnel but where we wanted to put it was 50 feet away from a concrete pad, which is where a little blue truck is and kind of like our welcoming area for Sunny Mary Meadow. So first stake was on the corner of that line, 50 feet from the concrete and just within our falling off the slope on the other two sides. So then he took, you just measured every four feet within the twine and used a Sharpie, right? Or at yeah. that point, yeah. Yep. Of all things, I didn't have a really big square. So it <clears throat> wasn't convenient to make our building square. So I went and took out our uh, cornhole boards, which is what, about two and a half feet width by four feet long. Mm-hmm. So... That kind of gave us a good estimate of 
the angles needed. Yeah, so we used Tre- the... Uh... Trek all four corners, and when the twine was all ready and square, started pounding the rebar every four feet. They were staked and three feet in. So before you put the rebar stakes in, because again, you want it looking nice, and how close do you want a weed whip to it, and how do you mm. do weed control, whatever. So we took our landscape fabric, and it comes in three-foot rolls, and that's what I would recommend. Just roll it down the middle, and there's lines on it at you know one foot, two foot. And so basically mm. go in between those two yellow lines. So then you'll have a foot and a half of fabric, Although now you're giving up a total of three feet inside of the high Mm -hmm. tunnel, which is a lot of growing space, actually. So then the second time we decided to just fold it in half and then we only gave up about, I don't know, eight inches maybe inside. So just keep that in mind. So then it's a total of one and a half feet instead of three feet because that's Mm -hmm. that's some prime real estate. (laughs) Um, But we rolled the fabric down the end before we put in the rebar stakes so that you know, basically then the grass and the weeds or whatever just stays from from the very ends of it. Correct. Yeah, we were able to pick one of those yellow lines on the three-foot fabric and kind of match that with our row of where the rebars are going and with the baler twine ready. Every four feet, pound the stakes in, and that fabric is in place to help with the weed control around the high tunnel. Mm-hmm. So yep. I think that was a good upgrade. For I've, sure. So far I've appreciated that, keeping it clean looking. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the most time-consuming, laxing part of the whole project is the rebar. So yeah, they're, how long are they? How long is each piece? Four feet. Four feet, yeah. And you have to pound them deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is getting dirty. <laughs> No, and if there's any rocks in the soil, anything like that. But they're small enough circumference, the rebar is, that it's not that big of a deal. But, I mean, hammer, mm. mallet. I think mm. I got one piece out of the 24. You did the yeah. other 23. And you probably you, had to finish you want it. You a five or eight pound like sledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then once we get all of the rebar put in, and we will, I think... We're going to make just a page with links to photos of this. We kind of got away from making blog posts on the website, but I think it would be helpful to explain what some of this looks like. So we'll put, we'll add some pictures of what it looks like when just the rebar is in there. So then once you get all the rebar in there, it's perfectly spaced out where the frame pieces are going to go. Then you start putting those together and that comes in five pieces total because we did the two piece Lift kit. Yeah, lift we did kit the we home. did the lift kit. Like I said, these tunnels are pretty functional. I mean, a lot of veggie growers use them. They're pretty, I mean, they're basic. They're an intro tunnel, but that's all we really need in our area. I just don't think we need to heat into November or starting in March in our area. So the sun is warm enough, powerful enough, the days are long enough that we do a pretty good job or the sun does a pretty good job of doing it for us. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and I am going to tell you all about my other podcast, Bloom and Grow with Liz Fiddler. In the early days of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast, we had bonus Bloom and Grow episodes where I shared some personal insights in my experience with love and loss and grief, 
And ultimately, we decided it needed its own podcast. So you can click the link in the episode, this very episode, and hit the subscribe button so that you get alerts when new episodes come out. The Bloom and Grow podcast with Liz Fidler is where we share stories of those who have grown through grief and break down barriers that isolate us in those challenging parts of our lives. We know that time doesn't heal, but intention does. And the weight of grief doesn't get any lighter, but we can get better at carrying it. This podcast isn't just for those going through something sad or difficult, but also for those who know someone who is by sharing tips and perspectives in how to be a better support for your loved ones that are grieving. If you're interested in hearing more, click the link in this episode's notes so that you can subscribe and check it out. And thank you so much for blooming and growing with us. So then we start putting the pieces together and we laid them all out on a concrete slab. There's the it's not a U shape. That would be if it was a regular caterpillar tunnel. Ours is a almost a V shape on the top because it's got the peak for the Gothic. And then we put those in and then we had an impact drill. What did you use? Didn't the first kit, it didn't have all the, or we weren't sure if it had everything you needed or what was the deal? I don't recall. There was something like you were trying to find a piece for the impact drill or something when Josh was here. Oh, maybe just the... Yeah, I think that's a it's a five sixteenths driver bit. So, um, they send one in each kit. Um, you might have one in your tools in the shop too, if you got some things. Now we got two bonus ones, and yeah, they worked well. And then we found that when you use the impact drill to get the screws in, you want to point them at what degree, like straight in but you don't want them angled mm-hmm. where the plastic is going to be so you have to be really right. mindful about where the plastic is going to sit mm-hmm. on the yeah as we were going through with that gothic styled uh bracing yeah we're screwing them in at an angle um we picked a about moved the little blue truck and because that cement pad it sounds about the flattest place we have here around the farm so we could lay down the five pieces on the ground, slide them all together, and we would, rather than screwing straight in from a side where the plastic might catch it or on the outside, just got to be mindful of where, yeah, that plastic's going to be. We're tucking in the screws at an angle, so, yeah, they're not going to interfere with the plastic and cut that in the end. Even after year one with our first high tunnel, there's some cuts in the plastic over the top at the point of the high tunnel. Well, you know what? Where it's cut? It's cut where the ropes go across. So I don't know if there's a way we can improve that if that meant pulling the plastic tighter or looser or if the ropes should be looser, mm-hmm. maybe tighter. But I, at this stage, I don't think it's letting out enough air to be a problem but mm-hmm. it would be an improvement i we think should next seek year out. We'll, next year we'll replace the plastic on that one yeah. i think maybe like in every other year situation that's kind of the way the plastic goes mm-hmm. yep and it, that's just the plastic piece on the outside so then mm-hmm. once you get the um not the cross bracing what are they called even the bow assembly yeah just the bows once you get the bows all assembled Then it takes two of us to put it onto the rebar, and that goes really quick. 
you know, obviously start with the far ones first so that you're not walking around the close ones right away. Just little, Mm -hmm. little things like that. But once you get them on there, they just slide right in in the rebar. Once in a while, you have to kind of wiggle one side to get the other side to fit in. But it, it goes pretty quickly. That part, 15 minutes total once you get them all assembled. Although we would assemble one or two and then go and do it. Another thing to keep in mind is this plastic is held on by these curtain hooks is how you raise the sides. And so you have to put the curtain hooks on the bows prior to putting the screws in. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to get it up on there. Which those are on three of the 13 bows. So So And, and on each side, so six in total. Yeah, but so just space. the first one was a we added work by doing it second and yeah. not knowing where the piece belonged. But yeah, so the first time we got all of the screws on the the five pieces total for every bow, so we had to unscrew. Mm, I think it was just once. the bottom ones, yeah. yeah, or maybe it was just once that we so, did it. But well, yeah. it was once, once was times six, yeah. So we yeah. we had to disassemble six things, take them back off the rebar. To get that hook in there. Yeah. And that's how the sides yeah. go up. So now you have your, basically your frame is more or less done. And then, like I said, the second tunnel that we did, it was just so much smoother. He did the rebar one day. And then, you know, a couple yeah. days later, we yeah, did the sure. bows. And then the cross bracing piece yeah. of it. And I don't that know was... if that's in every single pro kit or if that's, I don't okay. know, this cross bracing. I, I I'd imagine it is. I think it's effective to hold it, the high tunnel together in mm-hmm. the wind, and maybe support it also in with snow that we get here in mm-hmm. central Minnesota. But those, yeah, once we got to the cross bracing and the wind bracing, that was just steps I did in my own time without needing help. Yeah, so the cross bracing is basically just the very top, and it's like a four-foot brace across where it bows on top and yeah just gives it that extra stability and i like to hang hanging baskets from them because it's cute vidalia did just point out that the second high tunnel went a lot smoother because there were more people helping including but not limited to her so one of our next steps like as we spoke about the lift kit already add that in right off the bat we did not do the overhead irrigation that is an option with them Maybe something to think about in the future, but the drip lines yeah, work it for just, us at this stage. Well, I think, you know, the overhead irrigation is probably good for crops like lettuce or something with a really short, I mean, from the time they plant the seeds to the time they're picking it, it's like six weeks or something crazy like that. Um, so then it, yeah, if you know, that, yeah. So yeah. then, it, I mean, probably, probably kinda, three weeks, yeah, three weeks. And so for us with ranunculus or, you know, tulips, we don't really need the irrigation until the ranunculus are in. kind of depends on the tulip situation. We actually talked about leaving the plastic off for the tulips and then putting it on in the spring. But oh, it would be a huge pain to try to... Because then we would want it put on early March to start yeah. forcing them to bloom. And there's years where we still have so much snow on the ground in March that mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that's a good idea. And the plastic is less... Um... It's difficult to move in the cold. Mm-hmm. Like the warmer your weather is, the I don't know, malleable. No, that's yeah, steel. I don't know. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, the plastic what, uh, is it's 
We tried, we put the cover on last year. By the time we finally got the cover on, it was December and it was cold and it sucked. Plus Mm -hmm. we didn't know what we were doing. I think that one, you and I at the time went a little bit easier than you, I, and Barb with 20 mile an hour winds. That's true. Um, we put the second one on with his mom. and so she... Someone didn't want to wait till tomorrow. No, I didn't want to wait because <laughs> he had to work and was going to go deer hunting the next weekend. And <laughs> you I'm want like, to plant tulips and the ground is freezing? Yeah. Uh-huh. Not ashamed of my um, impatience. There's a couple options with their Perlin strap. You can get a like a nylon version. Um, we went with the upgraded solid center purlin that again is kind of straightforward get started on one end cap it with the the little rubber end so you don't cut the plastic and then they're coming um with a 78 inch swaged um tube as as you put them together so once again when you screw them together make sure your screw is at the side on the inside of the tunnel where the plastic's not gonna ever meet it and from there once you get the um purlins going just keep a tape measure handy and every four feet you got to secure the bow Mm -hmm. because the 78 inches obviously doesn't match 48 so just gotta do a little bit of tape measure work there as you go across the top of the high tunnel All right, podcast listeners, I have an ask of you. Between writing these episodes, recording, editing, uploading, and the fees to even have an account, this podcast takes a lot of time, effort, and resources. I'm fortunate to have a team helping me out, but it's time to evaluate where this podcast is going and if we can continue doing this. I have had so many messages and emails letting me know that this podcast has brought some bit of joy to people's day or week and is entertaining, inspiring, or in some other day just improves their life, their drive, whatever it might be. And I want to keep this podcast focused on content that informs, entertains, and is mindful of your time. And one way to accomplish this is through direct listener support. Your support would help the show not only continue, but grow. If you look at this episode's notes, you'll find a link that talks about Sunny Mary Meadow Premium. I've set up a link where you can quickly and easily support the show and the whole thing takes about 60 seconds. We are asking for $7 a month to help continue our mission. If the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast is a part of your day or week and you love what you're doing, please visit the link and consider supporting us. As a special thank you, you will receive access to weekly bonus episodes of what we did on the farm that week. It's anywhere from a five to 15 minute episode. So think of that $7 as a high five to keep us going and creating the episodes. So it's less than $2 a week just to keep us going so we can keep doing this. Thank you. So basically, it's more or less if you don't have the solid steel bracings. It's more or less ratchet straps. Yeah. That's what the... Yeah, really. When you're like, oh, the Perlin strap. I mean, that's a ratchet strap, essentially, right? Yep. That just kind of holds it together. So again, this kit can be as simple or as complicated as you want to make it. Honestly, as inexpensive or as expensive as you want to make it. You know, and those are things that you can probably upgrade down the road. You can add like trellising kits. You can add... Yeah, there's so many things that you can add within this high tunnel. It has so many options. And then we did upgrade to the wind bracing on the corner ends, which is essentially 
basically a 45 degree angle across eight feet on the two ends on each side. So yeah, once you get, and we put those on right after the very top, the wind bracing. Was there anything special to putting those on? Um, I just described I the, it as a 45 degree angle yeah. on the very end sides, not the ends where the doors are that the ends of the sides. <laughs> yeah. It, um, the three bows on either end of the high tunnel will be connected with this wind bracing. So the you start with the third one in, so the second from the end, anchor it at the bottom, and these are going to connect at, yeah, like a 45 or wherever. <clears throat> when you secure one end, wherever that meeting point is, mm-hmm. lock it into from three to number two, you lock the second one, secure the second one to the first. And that's just going to help us with the wind. I guess the year we put up our first high tunnel, we had some pretty nasty winds that springtime lost a few buildings. Half the roof off of our dairy barn had to deal with insurance all year and get a contractor out here to actually get that work done. So in the time we were building them, it was nerve-wracking every time there was a 20-mile-an-hour wind ice running outside in the middle of the night just to see if they're still standing. Mm-hmm. But, I yeah, mean, it's At this point, we've kind of just realized, like, eh, it is what it is. Well, you can only be proactive so much. We'll just react when it happens again, and hopefully it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. So then the next step is putting the plastic on on the top, and it's actually a lot simpler than it looks. If we had the roll-up sides, it'd be a lot harder but basically you put the spring wire and they call it, do they call it zipper wire or what do they call it? Mm. What is well, that? I think they call it spring wire. Okay. And then there's like a U channel that you secure to the end bow on each end of the high tunnel. Um, and that is malleable. There you go. <laughs> that we can handle. So basically you form it over the top of, it's this, yeah, a U-channel. Basically, it's U-shaped so that the plastic can sit in it, and then you put the wire over top of the plastic to secure it on the ends. The gauge is pretty light. It's probably like 18-gauge thick steel, so what did you, you What did handle. you bend it with? Sheer muscle. Okay. So people are going to ask, what tools did you use? <laughs> Righty the, and lefty, the, man. The first channel, you start, get to the top of the peak. Well... I guess on the other style of high tunnel, it's rounded. Either way, near the top, put a foot or two to one side, anchor two screws in, and then just gradually bend it over the top. And one by one, add a screw and bend again. Add a screw, bend it again. Mm-hmm. Um, just and to, get you, it, to get it flush with yeah. the... And uh, yeah, it works well. I just... I surprised like it, you know, I'm obviously they're selling this product cause it works and it's easy to use. But yeah, for us, it was every time I looked at the thickness of the steel and the size of the screws, I kind of wondered in the back of my mind, but Hey, it's uh, been standing for over a year and handling uh, our weather here. Well, so once you have the two ends of the plastic and it's, how big is the plastic that they give us? There's a lot of extra. There's a lot of extra, kind of. 
Like there's a lot of forgiveness on the length and hardly any on the width or something mm. like that. Like it's there's probably um like an extra two feet either side on the bottom, mm-hmm. like on the width. Yeah. Or not even. Which it's it's probably but good that that's all there is. Otherwise that'd be just, too much to yeah. ball it up. But so basically you know where the center seam is, so you know that that has to kind of go down the middle. And then we And there's an inside and an outside. Yes. So once you get it stretched out, find the it's printed. This is the inside. Every four feet across the top of the high tunnel, uh, plastic. So you find that side of the plastic, and just like your bed sheet, you know, get it squared up. We laid it on the ground on one side. Mm-hmm. Got a couple of step ladders going. Um, we used brooms or was it a snow shovel either way something that's not going to cut the plastic but you can add height by five or six feet yeah something wide basically and then we you know so our tunnel is 50 foot long and sits 16 feet up in the air at the peak Mm -hmm. so then no 14 feet i think something like that yeah maybe 12 okay It's, it's 16 feet wide. There we go. Yeah. 12 high. So it's 12 high, which is still pretty tall, but you can reach the top with like a broomstick. If you're tall, like us, we're six foot tall, a broomstick, I don't Mm -hmm. know, push broom, whatever. And so we kind of went along just to gradually slip it over the top. And then we put cinder blocks on the one side. And then once it's relatively stable then you start with one end of that zipper wall like we said and then do the other so now you have the wire chain or of the wire chain yeah Yeah, yeah. not zipper wall sorry that's confusing spring wire spring wire wire. um so then you put the spring wire on each end of them and so now it's it's basically Mm. loosely covering but it's not secured besides on the two very ends and then you know we had a few cinder blocks on the bottom just to keep it from really getting away from us because it I mean, if uh, if the right gust of wind came, it'd be gone. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we did on that second time with the twenty mile an hour winds. It, it was not a good day to put it up, but we had the help. Yeah, so and we went for it. We went struggled, for it. but we, we got, got it. it. The skid loader bucket high in the air helped. Mm-hmm. We had that and on it, the one end when we did the zipper wall. If you have a skid loader with a bucket for a, a safe platform. It's hard to, I did the wire channels with the end walls. We'll talk about that later. I did it with a ladder and a skidster bucket. Lindsay and I did it one day um, with like canvas and it's, I mean, you definitely need that platform. It's just, otherwise you would be moving that ladder every couple feet and it's, mm-hmm. you just can't get it straight. It's just too big. Yeah. You'd need way too many people. So if you can have, I mean, I would suggest for sure having two really tall ladders with multiple people helping or having a skid steer, but mm-hmm. I don't think one ladder is uh, enough. <laughs> the day you're putting on plastic, you can't do it yourself. Yeah. Nope. Like, nope. Two at minimum, four would be ideal. Mm-hmm. We've done it so, with two. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we do the bare minimum around here, but. <laughs> so yeah, after the plastic's pulled over and squared up, Wire channel on one side and tug the plastic tight in the other direction. We found after a couple of months that our high tunnel number one was a little bit too loose with plastic. So we 
took the wire channel off one side at a time to stretch the plastic out. But, you know, it's, I guess we're still learning on that. It, it works. What we have done, it works. So I we'll, think what we did wrong the first time was we didn't have the strings tight enough the very first time that we did it. We didn't go through and really tighten them. And I think that got the plastic which, flopping more and then the wind came in mm-hmm. and then the wire, what really got it was on the very end, we didn't leave enough slack with the wire channels and then ended up pulling it tight and then it got removed. So then we had basically a hole on the end and then that just, we had to completely kind of redo the the plastic in, you know, January or something like that. Mm-hmm. But so, it, it was Which fine. leads us into the next step. Once the plastic is tight and you have the wire channels from over the top at either end on the end bows then we get the rope going all right this episode is getting incredibly long so we are going to break it into part two for next week so make sure you turn into part two next week thanks thanks for listening to the sunny mary meadow podcast i'm your host liz if you like what you're hearing please subscribe and rate us you can find us on instagram pinterest and facebook at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. Flowers, flowers, we love flowers. Sunny Mary Meadow, they smell so good. Sunnymarymeadow.com.